You're listening to On Conversation, and I am the legend Keith Chandler. This week, we discuss more politics, specifically the election fraud theories, the people who believe election fraud, why that is the case, and why it is or isn't important. Later on in the episode, we discuss why it's not funny to make jokes about heroin, but it is kind of funny to make jokes about beer. Not really. That's pretty much it. Joey puts us in a structure format for the first time. Let's see how we do. Our sponsor this week, Sweet Sounds Records. Fallen on deaf ears since 2012. Find out a little more about them, sweetsoundsrecords.com. Intro music brought to you by Odd Circles. The track is called Beats, B-E-A-T apostrophe S. Beats broken, as in beat is broken. And that's really it. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoy it. And even though Brad didn't pick up on the joke, we were using the adjective form of novel for those who missed it. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. shop in Emerald Island, North Carolina. We're trying to figure out what we want to talk about. We might might get into a heavy topic. I'm not sure if I want to get all in that today. It might get, raise oh. my blood pressure. Well, Brad and Joey were having a good spiel. Um, I will say, I did buy a razor and shaving cream, and I shaved with a razor and shaving cream yesterday for the first time in about three or you four do years. Have a, hmm. That a was weird. Baby face. Yeah, that was really strange. I don't know that I like I don't how think it I've feels. Seen your face in a long time. And it certainly itches, which I don't like. Mm-hmm. I also went swimming in Swansboro yesterday at Ward Shore. No. And it was not as busy on the water as I thought it would be. Did, whose boat? Uh, we just walked down to the shore oh. and I swam. Yeah. Ward Shore. Mm-hmm. Ward Shore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My southern coming out. <laughs> it's. Uh, it's. <laughs> okay. So you guys yeah. want to riff on this political stuff? I don't stuff? know if I want to riff on it. I don't want to raise my blood pressure too much. Oh. My blood pressure is pretty high. Joey, what do you want to talk about? Pop culture? That was all I had. Politics? Um, what do you think? Love's Lost? The Matrix? Ooh. All I said was that we needed more structure. Do we want to chapter talk, headings? Do we do we want to talk about structure? So we haven't had any structure in our because it's supposed to be like we're having a conversation. So that's why it's supposed to be like Seinfeld. We don't have a structure. We just kind of ramble on about whatever. Do you think that Seinfeld worked with a structure, or the fact that they didn't have a structure was the structure? No, the show just because the show isn't about anything, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have a plot. If you don't have a plot, if things just occur randomly, then there's no forward momentum. That was my comment. That so potentially what? the show would benefit from having directionality, which would be achieved by said having directionality. By having, you know, <laughs> points, markers yeah. along the conversation. Yeah. If Keith didn't do the blurb in the ramble. beginning, no one would know what the hell is going on. Exactly. <laughs> so should I do more blurbs in the middle or should we like 
Chapter one. No, I'm not even that. But like, should we? You're a professor. Just think about how you would go about introducing material in a lecture. Like you wouldn't just pick a topic and then. Do you? We're just having a conversation. Do you? Do you think that with, like you said, without structure, (laughs) with with a a series of random events, a dialectic maybe, we could post. This is the topic we're going to talk about. (laughs) I also like the idea of consistently referencing external material especially in a way that is the material is unfolded and we do that kind of question well yeah not consistently though well we were getting better as it kept moving on from the beginning to the current time but do you do you really think that a series of random events couldn't lead to forward a forwarding of motion or movement or or it would Somehow evolutionary. Is the point to... um, Forward, yeah, it depends on the desire of the person who's, in this case, listening to the podcast. Because if somebody wants to be informed, then they need... It needs to follow a logical pattern, or else they're not keyed into the information that they're receiving. And yeah, if you're going to be interested and continue to be interested in the topic, you know, it's like it has to be compelling. And so forward momentum, you have to have some kind of like with the narrative, you have to have some kind of idea of like where you're going logically. Well, I would think then you would have to have like um, if you're talking about like chapters, then you'd have to have like uh, specific questions or things about the topic. You know, you can only riff for like, you'd have to make it more like a, you know, like you riff for 15, 10 minutes. Okay, we got to stop. Now let's look at this particular so aspect. So we could have. Yeah, like I said, like signposts. Yeah. We could have a politics. We could have a social. And we could have a, the art of randomness at the very end. Like angles on the same, like. Just do it every time. Topic. We talk about a little bit of politics. We talk about. This okay, social so area top- around us. So divided we, into different topics. Yeah, well, well, just different classifications of topics. Maybe not just one topic, but like if we talk about politics, this is our politics section, we're going to talk about blah. This is our social section, we're going to talk about this piece of socialness that we found and kind of that like we a, think is interesting. That would be like a, a recapping of news And then also the we could do like a music hmm. section hmm. and then Keith would have a chance to talk and then we would do like a randomness. Gabba Gabba. Gabba Gabba. I'm going to counterspell your structural hierarchy. Oh, <laughs> Are you making fun of me? No. Oh, okay. No, he's trying to magic you. Yeah, we're playing the social game of magic. Oh, got you. Okay, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't care. I mean, it Force of will. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. That's yeah, a good one. Right, yeah. Okay, so then with that being said, what are we going to talk about now? Okay, do we want to start? Can we start with politics then? Okay. Okay, let's Because I actually do have a specific, a specific piece of political material that I brought up, which was... Okay, so this section... So should we always begin with politics and then end with randomness? Because that would be less 
the first part would be a little more gra- uh, aggressive. The, the, uh, it would get less aggressive as we went on into Yeah, randomness. and politics is also very much aligned with like current events, too. Yeah. This is the behind-the-scenes episode of our podcast. Yes, you're, <laughs> you're hearing how we figure out what we're doing, which and generally, if we can make it all at one place, we're doing I, good. I, and I think this might be so... <clears throat> Welcome what? to On Conversation, episode 19. I know, Join us crazy? right now while we discuss politics. Bring, bring. No, we need. We and need now some, Joey I begins talking effects. politics. We need, some <laughs> we need a laugh track, a clapper. <laughs> I'll buy all that stuff. Just tell me what we need. Oh, I can just make it. Oh, that's true. You gonna run around and make people laugh? Sure. <laughs> okay, are you down to talk about the persistent uh, election? debate people accepting or not accepting the results of the election sure okay i think we have we talked about that before yeah probably okay well it seems to be resurfacing over and over and over again well it continues to be an issue to people that they care deeply about so i think we literally have a situation where people the like large segments of the American population literally accept that, that a different person is, if not president, then like actually in charge or actually has the authority that's invested in the presidential office. That's very interesting. Yeah, I don't think that's ever happened before. It's it's sad in a way that that his cult, maybe never his happened in the United States has caused yeah. that um, to happen that they don't they, they believe him over their system um, that they didn't care about 50 years ago or 20 years ago when they never voted some of them so you know I'm, that's not saying everybody never voted but you know the voter apathy in this country is was has been at an all time high for a long time and. Now, now everybody's concerned, you know, um, and I think some of it is the cult-like following that, for some reason, he's able to generate. So we saw a little bit with George W. Bush, um, Democrats, liberals, not accepting the legitimacy of the 2000 election, oh, but the, primarily because of the way that it was decided. The dreaded butterfly right. ballot um, in Palm yeah. Beach County. Yep. Yeah. Um, but. Those are procedural issues. There was no clandestine. There was no, like, conspiracy. They didn't think there was a conspiracy. Like, there was no... Like, yeah. it, it was a procedural that, that that I think some liberals probably felt that the Supreme Court shouldn't have had the right to decide Did that. anyone ever make yeah. the right. charge of voter fraud in no, that? No. I, I, don't, or that I, I, I don't remember. No. Yeah, the voter they, frauds a relatively new occurrence. They thought that they were potentially... Um, not above board political interactions and calculations going on with Florida and with, with the, the Supreme little, Court's the decision. Tabs. I don't think they thought the Supreme Court was. I just think they maybe thought the tabs weren't calculated correctly. But so far as like a fraud conspiracy kind of thing, I don't think that yeah. I, I don't remember anybody talking about that. But in that um, that. So I think everybody can agree that pol- political division since George W. Bush has continued to escalate. It escalated despite Barack Obama winning both the popular vote and the Electoral College twice, the first time by a very, like, relatively wide margin. 
Um, division has narrowly, right? Somewhat, yeah, relatively. Um, I think you can also correlate that with the uh, with Fox News media coming online. Why okay, so political division has continued to escalate right. through that period, and which culminates in 2016 election, which again, Democrats did not in very significant ways acknowledge the legitimacy of that election. Either they they did officially object to many Democrats officially on record objected to the election results. Um, and then obviously it spawned all of the conversation about the Trump-Russia collusion, which Democrat perception of it, liberal perception of it, anti-Trump perception of it varied from either Russia literally helped Trump steal, quote-unquote, steal the election to foreign or conservative misinformation campaigns on platforms like Facebook through bots led to yeah led to Trump's election in a way that makes it less legitimate so there was plenty of Democrat uh, opposition to the authority of the election but ultimately I don't think you had a a huge or like a, a sizable minority of people who didn't accept Donald Trump as being president. You maybe had a vocal, like very, very small minority of people who didn't believe that he was legitimately president, but mm. generally he was acknowledged to be president with all the, you know, right. power and the, authority the, and everything of the office. The only other thing I would add to that, uh, and, I'll, and then con- and then I'll let you continue. The only other thing I would add to that would be that um, I think after it was all said and done, or up to a certain point, I think that. Most of the heavy-hidden political Democrat liberal thinking people realized they had picked, in fact, picked the wrong candidate in Hillary Clinton. Yes, yeah, she was yeah. not. She she ultimately ended up turning out to be the worst possible person they could have put on that platform. And there were it will actually yeah, and liberals people, currently still complain about the the pieces that are done that are sympathetic right. to the opinions yeah. of Trump voters in that like. The, um, like kind of like the what Hillary did wrong kind of. Right. Uh, so the difference in 2016 is that the election was certified by the Democrats. It was not. They made objections to like long poll lines and things like that, but they did not certify the election. Okay. So. Yeah, so that's a, So you've got the yeah difference. the official political like dimension where you had Democrat objections but ultimately and, you know and accepting I think the results of a, it a decent amount of those in every because it's like saying well we didn't get to because you know you almost have to do that or it's like you're not doing your job hmm. kind of so there probably always is a problem like supposedly this was one of the more clean elections that we've had i mean there's always been like poll the power going off at polling stations like there's or people go to the wrong place or they're led to the wrong place. The, the supposed pipe burst and, and I'm, I'm going to try to ground this a little bit in this series of tweets that I said was literally read off on Tucker Carlson show too much like online acclaim by um, not just Trump supporters, but like conservatives, people who are traditionally distrustful of the media. But a uh, pipe burst in Atlanta that caused the voting to need to be shut down or delayed. Like, things like that are very 
they sound made up. They they sound very pipe suspect. Pipe bursts are very common, though. It, I mean, how many pipe bursts are there during one day it, it in the United States? It. My so point you is be that it, it feels like a coincidence. It wasn't like really substantiated. It was like so it, it was convenient for the time when it was necessary, and then it wasn't really gone into again. So or part of the problem is people make they're trying to make a probability calculation. Instead, they make a plausibility calculation. Right. Okay. The probability of that pipe just being a natural pipe burst is really, really high. The plausibility of it being something clandestine is medium. No, I think people are trying to make a probability judgment where they say, well, there's an election. There happens to be an election going on in that facility. It's a potentially contentious That's location. None of that is And they probability. view those things. Well, they... They say, unlikely, 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 what are the chances, and then it happens. Okay, that is no, somebody that making a probability judgment. would be how many pipes burst in the United States in one day. I'm saying they're making a prob- the probability I'm, comes from that. I'm not saying they're making a, a quality probability judgment, but they they're are making just, a probability judgment. Well, they're, no, they're confusing when, plausibility judgment with a probability judgment. When people, did, this is in... Kahneman's book. People do it all the time. When did um, voting mostly go online? Like when he's not wh- online. You mean done digitally? Yeah, like, electronic. Like di- because the butterfly ballots mm. in 2000, that was paper. They're still not done in most states. They're well, the, reason, the only digital thing is they have counters that count the, well, the voting I, machines, count the votes. What I'm trying to understand, uh, not to divert the no, it's issue, fine. but is the... I mean, uh, we got the you know the hacking of the voting machines or whatever yeah i thought mm-hmm. the whole one the one whole thing with the russia thing was that they altered the they got into the system and altered things so that's what i'm saying when was i think people on the, both the, sides the quote, believe system what system quote unquote no one has and, said anybody's gotten in and altered something via online no voting no machines i've seen that on both the, i've seen the idea of Votes either being shifted from something intrinsic to the machines to some external entity getting into the machines and changing ballots. They literally it's have counted those votes over and over and over again. That is not true. Those she- machines are not even connected to the We're internet. not. No one's saying that it's true. Yeah, I'm no, 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 no. Yeah, I think no, no, no. the, but the I mean, better machine- point, he's making a really good point that people's distrust of technology contributes to their oh, yeah. distrust of voting results. Well, that's what, well, that's what I'm saying. If if If... You know, like, but they're also, but that's not necessarily true because the Arizona votes were counted three times by a multi-party panel, and they're still somehow thought that they could do this ridiculous non-valid audit where they drug all the votes out and they have a private company like count the votes, like which is not even a valid count because it, there's nobody there from the other side to make sure they're not cheating, right? Okay. So it's not even a valid count, but. But those votes in Arizona were counted three times, and they match what the machine said. Okay. Well, yeah, so, so, and so what does it say that people don't? But they still don't believe it. Okay. <laughs> and, and the Republicans are the ones that are controlling all that stuff. Well, but no, again, saying the, the, the whole, like, thing. the whole, this person belongs to the same party as you, therefore you should trust their opinion, that doesn't work anymore. Because the person who does not, like care 
care about the same things or think the same way that you do or support the same things you do, even if they're a member of your party, then they're still outside of your party. But those people, most of them were Donald Trump supporters. I think that's a better point than yeah. saying that they're Republicans. So what, but what that would the... be one node of power okay, so this that is, would have to be corrupted. This Literally. is the guy's comments on, on Twitter about... Right. Okay, so this he's some, talking about... This is some random person on Twitter. See, this I is mean, the problem. Who cares about a random person on well, Twitter? No, no, I mean, I'm, no, but I'm, but I'm asking because I'm curious. Because this has been retweeted 16,000 times That doesn't by matter if it's fake <sighs> or false. It doesn't make it true, but it does mean that it matters... Well, but then it has to then. But the, go ahead, read it. It doesn't necessarily matter, actually, even though it's been tweeted that many times. It's like shouting what, what? from the rooftops about a fire, but there really is no fire. Right. But, but what if everybody thinks there is one? But and then they run and get trampled. <laughs> They're stupid. Well, but, that, but then but it the, still the, matters the, 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 that, if you think that people matter. If you think yes, if you don't think that people's judgments matter yeah. if they're incorrect, then I don't know why do you even interact with people in the first place. Like, what's the, you don't put any stock in people's, you could just no, find I mean, out the truth about everything and then disregard everybody's opinion. What's the no, point of even being it, around people? Even, or even, what's the point of even having conversations with people or understanding or thinking about people's some opinions? Point, and some answers are wrong and they need to be told they're wrong and they need to calm down and believe that their stuff is wrong. Okay, well, that's an entirely separate issue. Then but just because something's been tweeted a bunch of times does not make it real. And so it's people definitely need to, you, real. You, you use that as a thing to say, because it's been tweeted, that means this is important. That is not, yes. that's not true. Yeah, no, it, it no, does mean not, that it's no, important. Hang on, hang on, it hang doesn't on, mean on. that it's true. It's not uh, because it's been it tweeted. It only means important because you believe that it means it's, it doesn't mean it's not important to me. Right. Well, that's a, so it's it's not that it's uh, so let and me 1600 times is not very many tweets. That's like saying that because like if you if you think that you can logically disprove like that, you know, like that Jesus Christ is the son of God, it means that Christianity is irrelevant. You can't logically disprove that Jesus is the son of God. I'm saying hypothetically if you could. No, yeah. hypothetically no, if you could, though. But look, or if you could show that it's extremely, extremely, extremely unlikely. It doesn't. Well, you, sh you really shouldn't use faith as an example because it doesn't, that's way different. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Unless you're saying This that is an Trump, issue of faith, though. Unless you're saying um, that it's the faith that Donald Trump is like some kind of... I don't know if I want to go there. It doesn't. Okay, look. It doesn't matter. No, it, but go ahead and say what the person said. But the problem is we get into the minutiae and we don't realize that this system is, is nearly impossible to completely corrupt because it's distributed power. And the story you would have to believe to, co to corrupt the entire system from the average everyday poll worker that are independents, Democrats, and Republicans, all the way to the Supreme Court justices. Like, you'd have to corrupt that entire line of power that has separate nodes, and the ones that they're most pissed off about are nodes controlled by their party, and many of those people were supporters of that. You have to, that whole, for that whole, the probability of that actually happening is, is, is not functional. I'm not debating the ability but of somebody to steal that, an election. Right, but when you know that, then that tweet is not that important. Yeah, but, it but, but the, is yeah, but here's, important but here's the thing. because people believe it, okay? You are 
with the mentality you have currently, you are going to be incapable of convincing people that it isn't true. I can't convince them that it's not true. That's what you're not understanding. There is no rational thought that will convince them that that's not true. As far as I can tell. Right, but that's part because of... Don't you believers. think that's significant then? They're yeah, but that's believers. part, that's part of why... That's Hoff part of why it's book. important, though, because the people... Look, it's not that it's important or that it's relevant or that it means anything. It's I mean, we could literally figure out what the answer is to that. <laughs> about the pipes bursting or whatever. The probability of pipes bursting in the United States is, you know, Excuse 500 me. bursts every day in the United States. I, so that proving that, or disproving the likelihood of election fraud that. is not the important because it's issue. Plausibility. They're playing plausibility and not probability. And you can't, it's hard to shift people over into like understanding you're not using the right context okay. to make that statement. Well, go ahead and read the tweets because right. the longer we go sit ahead. here and you're, debate and debate go these. Go ahead. I'm using an anticipation tool. No, I, I, yeah. I, I get it. <laughs> Getting ready to pinch him. I feel like Brad is I'm trying deliberately to, I'm, misinterpreting. I'm trying the to simplify trying this to make, for the but I know he's more intelligent than that. <laughs> no, right. no, no. Yeah, exactly. I feel Just it's deliberate you because you should understand it. Yeah. No, I'm good. Um, no, I do. Okay. Most. Uh, he's speaking of what he refers to as boomer Trump supporters, which the term boomer applied to this, I think, is a misnomer because there's a huge number of Trump supporters that are millennial and Gen X. Right. Yeah. And not all boomers are Trump supporters, so. Okay. At Martyr Maid on Twitter, which you can debate the, I don't know, the quality of the handle, but this is the person who's quoted no, on fine. Tucker Carlson, and it's in the entirety of the thread the other night. Most believe some or all of the theories involving midnight ballots, voting machines, etc. But what you find when you talk to them is that while they'll defend those positions with info they got from Hannity or Breitbart or whatever, they're not particularly attached to them. Okay, um, I think they're very attached to. I, they're it's like identity. It's like it becomes part of their identity. They're attached to. He's saying that they're not attached to the specifics and the evidence of them as much as the idea them being true yeah. and the idea of being right. And Just so he the, goes in the concept. Now again, he's saying that these are facts. I don't have independent confirmation of these facts and I actually also don't feel like arguing them. The point again being that people accept them as being true and there's in he, he's distinguishing between a stronger evidentiary support for these than for the election quote unquote conspiracy theories, right? Here are the facts, actual confirmed facts that shape their perspective. One, the FBI spied on the 2016 Trump campaign using evidence manufactured by the Clinton campaign. We now know that all involved knew it was fake from day one. See Brennan's July 2016 memo, etc. These are Tea Party people, the types who give their kids a pocket constitution for their birthday and have founding father memes in their bios. The intel community spying on a presidential campaign using fake evidence, including forged documents, is a big deal to them. Everyone involved lied about their involvement as long as they could. We only learned the DNC paid for the manufactured evidence because of a court order. Comey denied on TV knowing the DNC paid for it when we have emails from a year earlier proving that he knew it. This was true with everyone from CIA Director Brennan and Adam Schiff, who were on TV saying they'd seen clear evidence of collusion with Russia, while admitting under oath behind closed doors that they hadn't, all the way down the line. In the end, we learned that it was all fake. At first, many Trump people were worried there must be some 
collusion because every media and intel agency wouldn't make it up out of nothing. When it was clear that they had made it up, people expected a reckoning and shed many illusions about their government when it didn't happen. So what was made up? The documents? The, according to this, yeah, we know as fact, the Steele dossier was the sole evidence used to justify spying on the Trump campaign. And the FBI, the, Steele dossier the FBI knew the Steele dossier was a DNC op. Steele's source told the FBI the info was unserious, and they did not inform the court of any of this and kept spying on the Trump campaign. When did Steele do that? I'm again. See, I'm not no, sure that any of that's true that you're stating. Mm, I don't remember. If anything, Steele said that that was all true, and whatever. Okay, well, let me keep going. Trump supporters know the collusion case front and back. They went from worrying the collusion must be real to suspecting it might be fate to realizing it was a scam, then watched as every institution, agencies, the press, Congress, academia, which throwing academia into that I think is kind of suspect, but gaslit them for another year. Worse, collusion was used to scare people away from working in the administration. They knew their entire lives would be investigated. Many quit because they were being bankrupted by legal fees, the DOJ, press, and government destroyed lives and actively subverted an elected administration. This is where people whose political identity was largely defined by a naive belief in what they learned in civics class began to see the outline of a regime that crossed all institutional boundaries. Because it, And he says regime here, despite the fact that this was while Trump was actually in office. Right. Still referring to it as being like a separate political entity outside of, within the executive branch in a way, but outside well, of some people, Trump's that's, administration. That's the deep state argument. Yeah. Right. So he's telling him, he's telling he's a deep state person right there. GOP propaganda that. still has many yeah. of them thinking in terms of partisan binaries, but a lot of Trump supporters see the, re the regime is not partisan. They all know that the same institutions would have taken opposite sides if it was Tulsi Gabbard versus Jeb Bush in the election. It's hard to describe to people on the left who are used to thinking of government as a conspiracy itself how shocking and disillusioning this was for people who encouraged their sons to enlist in the army and hate people who don't stand for the national anthem. They could have managed the shock if it was only if it only involved the government, but the behavior of the corporate press is really what radicalized him. I think it's interesting he says corporate press instead of just press, too. Right. They hate journalists more than they hate any politician or government official because they feel most betrayed by them. Eh. The idea that the press is driven by rating sensationalism became untenable. If that were true, they'd be all over the Epstein story. The corporate press is the propaganda arm of the regime they now Again, see an outline. Nothing anyone says will ever make them unsee that period. But he, yeah, the he's not necessarily... You cannot change this guy's mind. No, no, no. He's not. I think what he is doing primarily is representing the perspectives of others he claims to know very well. And I think he's doing a good job of it. He may be giving them too much credit for their their understanding of government and um and just the, their their understanding of, of things in general rather than describing what they're having as being more of an emotional reaction but i think he's doing a pretty good job of breaking down their perspective at least uh, they watch the, pr the press behave like animals for four years. Tens of millions of people will always see Kavanaugh as a gang rapist based on nothing because of CNN. And CNN seems proud of that. They led a lynch mob against a high school kid, which was... You remember that? David Hogg, the school shooting survivor, right? The kid... No, it was the kid and the manga kid and at the Capitol. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah. The the um the inaccurate picture of him looking like essentially looking like smug or whatever. But right, right. um the they press always claim make mistakes. 
They always claimed the media had liberal bias, fine, whatever. They still thought the press would admit truth if they were cornered. Now they don't. It's a different thing to watch them invent stories whole cloth in order to destroy regular lives and spark mass violence. But wait, wait, wait. So there's a difference between inventing story and getting the story wrong. Yeah. Right. His so point being that conservatives Right, they looked at that tape and they made some assumptions about that kid because of the way he looked, and they were wrong, right? They also made some assumptions about him based on who he is, too. Right. And the fact that he was conservative. Right. And the fact that he was white. Right. But that's not, that's kind of an easy, those are easy assumptions to make, considering what, it, what the video looked like. Okay, but so then he goes I'm not defending him, but I'm just saying that that's... That's not, they didn't fabricate that just to try to make that kid look bad. He describes Democrat governors as taking, as taking advantage of COVID to change voting procedures, like mail-in balloting. Um, and it was all, and then all governors did stuff like that, not just Corporate and social media repressing the Hunter Biden laptop story. Well, that's a um, lot of tweets, huh? Yeah, it's a very long thread, hence why it was like a seven-minute monologue for Tucker Carlson to read it on the air, apparently. Um, let's see. Um, trying to get to more of like his conclusions. Um, okay, so even you know, despite the involvement of the corporate media and social media companies, Trump got 13 more million votes than he did in 2016, 10 million more than Clinton got. As election night dragged on, they allowed themselves some hope, but when the four critical swing states and only those states went dark at midnight, they knew. Uh, over the ensuing weeks, they got shuffled around by grifters okay, and media scam artists selling them conspiracy theories. So right. he does characterize that as being not good information. Right. They latched on. To, they latched onto one, then another increasingly absurd theory as they tried to put a concrete name on something very real. Media and tech did everything to make things worse. Everything about the election was strange. The changes to procedure, unprecedented mail-in voting, the delays. But rather than admit that and make everything transparent, they banned discussion of it. Everyone knows that just as Don Jr.'s laptop would have been the story of the century if everything about the election dispute was the same, except the parties were reversed, suspicions about the outcome would have been taken very seriously. Even the court's refusal of the case gets nowhere with them because of how the opposition embraced mass political violence. They'll say, with good reason, what judge will stick his neck out for Trump knowing he'll be destroyed in the media as a violent mob burns down his house? It's a fact, according to Time Magazine, that mass riots were planned in cities across the country if Trump won. Sure, they were quote-unquote protests, but they were planned by the same people as during the summer, and everyone knows what it would have meant. Yeah, but Judges wait, wait, wait. Let me, too. We, we're, we're allowing this person to have a platform. So <laughs> let's say, so those riots, uh, those riots and protests in the summertime were primarily peaceful. Only 7% out of the thousands and thousands of them were actually had any violence. So the idea that they were violent protests are the ones that the media showed over and over and over again. Out of the 7,200 protests, I think, only like 7% became violent, 7 or 8%. So I think the fact that a lot of people perceive them as being riotous and the media as being complicit in it and hypocritical is, again, significant regardless of the statistical truth of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the media trying to get a dollar. <laughs> well, the media... Man, I, I tell you, I, I'm, I'm going to jump in here, and I got to say, I, I get so tired of hearing people, I mean, all oh, the media this, the media that. Turn this shit off, man. Take accountability for yourself. Well, just the media didn't, didn't, you know, they didn't, 
they didn't go to every little protest in every little town and see whether there was right. violence well, yeah, there because there was no, they, they don't have the, they, the, the they, money to they, do yeah, that. Yeah, they, so. they can't. And they certainly want to sensationalize stuff because the spectacle is what sells. Right, but man, but if, if people well, like and there every, are people that have their TVs on twenty four. Yeah, hours but everyone day. says, "Oh yeah, well, I, I man, I that's like that guy that came Did in you here." Fi- were you finished? Or were I I think that captures it. I mean, his right. his point being, he's making a distinction between the election conspiracy theories and what those are judges, justified and unjustified. Those judges were not afraid. Those judges were simply not afraid. Judges just aren't afraid in general. Mm. They're just not afraid people, not 60 of them, to make 60 different rulings. Well, they may not be afraid for themselves. They may be afraid for like the the consequences of their actions beyond like the literal strict legal implications of it in general they may be concerned about the social outcome of their judgments i would be concerned if they weren't they're just generally not they're there to judge the law that's what they're there for they're not there to judge the social weathering of it because they're not judges well they can't be I wouldn't think they, they can't be moral people if they don't if they're not at least sensitive to the social consequences of their judgments. I'm not saying that they would they're go for that over but I don't think they're afraid of their if anything they probably would be afraid that if they rule the other way someone would come in and shoot them. Yeah, the violence on the other side. I mean there's violence on both sides like I ruling don't in accordance with the law doing what they're supposed to do is, I mean, it should be the greatest like cover that they would have to any kind of recourse. And and, and there's violence on both sides. So So the idea that, you know, this mob might descend on them or that they were supposedly all these protests planned, they probably were protests planned, but the idea that they were going to be violent is false or is primarily false probably because they weren't in the summertime or at least only a small percentage of them were. And so there's a bunch of different fallacies that are building upon themselves I'm going I will look up before we meet again about the 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 FBI report the steel report because I've forgotten everything about that so do you because we're almost going on 30 minutes on this topic okay so So Joey's point is that we have to take these people seriously because they are very concerned about this but we have to take people seriously because people are people and, and the, it's a person's in good faith, a person, the opinion of every person is significant because we hold each person themselves to be significant well, because they they're have people, to. regardless well, of whether their opinion is correct or not. I'm well, not saying we need to accept the, it as being true in the, um, in a Republic. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what we have to do because we're each other's keepers kind of. So, so yeah. So their opinion does matter. I was an era before. Their opinion does matter. I, I just get really, really frustrated when you try to lay out a logical argument for someone that's using a different framework, not a probability yeah. framework, a plausibility framework. It, they come back to the visuals that they've seen and the the deep state thing, you know, and, and, and we can talk about what the deep state is, like the Hooverian institutions that were created that are supposed to continue on as political parties change, the yeah. FBI, the CIA. Well, what I was going to ask to, to kind of put Federal a stamp Reserve. on this is who, who is the Republican candidate for the next election? 
I mean, it, at this point, is it Donald Trump? It Unless has to he be. gets indicted and 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 charged with federal crimes, I, which he probably won't. I think he's going to be mentally and physically incapable of actually conducting a campaign. He's deteriorating very rapidly, despite his robust kind of presence and a lifetime spent not abusing like alcohol. Um, I think that he is he's mentally he's fading very quickly. Um, well, but that doesn't mean someone could carry on this type of... So the reason why it bothers me is this type of contention is what happened before the Civil War. Contention in Congress, like they don't want to investigate, like just these kind of things. Um, hell, there were fist fights on the floor of the Congress before... I mean, a lot of countries have been through a couple Civil Wars, I suppose, in the you know history of the United States and being young as we are, we're probably due for one. And when we have nuclear weapons, that would be very bad. I never said it would be good. Our and I'm not even saying that I want and that And if you think about the stability of the United States, like they, the problem is a lot of these people believe these YouTube videos over the stability of their country. Like their country has been relatively stability, relatively stable. The voting system is designed to be slow, cumbersome, full of errors, but stable. Yeah, okay. The, That's why it's what, reserve power of the state. How do we factor in the idea that people, people's distrust of election results and people's acceptance of an alternative, like, um, like authority or, or leader? So, like, there, I would, let's well, make the assumption right now that there are people right now in this country who think that Donald Trump is either literally the president still or that he should be to the point that well, Joe Biden's the, authority is not some valid. Some of the QAnon right? people believe that. We didn't we haven't even brought in QAnon and how that particular phenomenon See, affected the elections. Yeah, I think that, that that's I'm relevant in a way, but I think that, that that is a group that is it becomes small enough that I'm not as but their I'm stuff was retweeted over it. and over and over again. Little things that they said yeah, were that tweeted be, as fact over and over and over again. I think the the uh, a small group is relevant with a small group with extreme opinions is relevant only in the fact that they drag a larger group of people outside of what they would normally be mm. comfortable with or accepting of. Right. Um, but okay, what are the so? Increased political division, and I would say, okay, one supposition, we've reached a point of <clears throat> cultural and political division where we now have different segments of the country accepting different political authorities, where you could conceivably, like, actually have a sort of Trump shadow government happening outside of the, the White well, House and the executive branch. That would I don't, be given... I don't think that's happening, but I do think... Um, I do think that uh, now that would be something the FBI could shut down, like because that that is they would be legally obligated to do so. Right, but right. the authority of the FBI, they would be potentially seen seen as acting selfishly and actually at confirming the very cons like the very conspiracy that they're attempting to shut down. They were they were they were tasked with that same judgment when they swooped into Little Rock or swooped into Memphis and well, made they did, they did stop during a car the civil going rights. Up 95, what, a couple of weeks ago. 
the um, whole group of militiamen that said they didn't recognize the government. They were going to train with some hmm. multi-hour so, standoff I mean, to shut down the highway. <clears throat> I mean, once the hmm. decisions kind of has been made, but I think the people that distrust the electoral system need to read a little bit about distributed power and see how hard that stuff, the reason why we use it and the founding fathers made the elections laws um, reserve power of the states was so they be hard to corrupt. You might be able to corrupt one, two, not all of them, not every time, not ever. Okay, and if we're, so um, okay. just the way they are. And if you need, I mean, any high school civics teacher can kind of sit down with you and talk about separation of power, which is the whole function, which is a distributed network of power, which is why that, that idea in enlightenment was such a new and powerful idea. And, it, and it's because it's so um, impressive in its ability to, to stop power from forming <clears throat> well, in front of the nose. In all fairness, right. in all fairness uh, you know, all governments are corrupt. Rage Against the Machine's been right. telling us that since 1991. Yeah. We could say that there's all, a little bit of corruption everywhere. Human nature is corrupt. Yeah, yeah. but that doesn't mean that <clears throat> that these people have to stay awake at night and worry about about what's going on because my god their lives haven't changed hardly at all like when trump was president my life didn't change like but joe biden's president your life's not changing the only thing that ever right? changes, no one's coming to get your guns yeah no one's going to come stick you with a needle and make you get vac- vaccinated it'd be nice if you did would for your neighbors and your friends sake and your family's sake but you don't have to you know, no one's going to do that. Just, yep. You just got to relax. The sun's still shining. The one thing you got to do is work on fixing the environment. Like, that shit is not going to stop. And the conspiracy and the and people have believed that conspiracy over and over again. And they were damn wrong, right? And so, and that got millions and millions of tweets that was not true. And, and it has caused detriment and started feedback loops that we might not be able to escape from. I'm talking about climate change you know and that's a thing that that has been conspiracized over and over and over again on the right and it is just it's so crazy that was even a political issue why was it a political mm. issue was it a political issue because i believe or used to fox's largest second shareholder was an oil sheik was that well, why climate Fox change was? is a political issue because it requires government intervention in order to formulate solutions. When so they first demand started, government intervention. When they first started talking about it, it didn't. Like when mm. Jimmy Carter first started talking about it, he wanted people to go out, start making he he government intervention was investing in the marketplace. And and get more and, coffee. and and get science up and running on the situation. I it wasn't necessarily I didn't know I was running. What, that one? But, but the the election thing is people just need to talk to the people around them and, and see mm-hmm. if you really believe that your neighbors are so corrupt that they would actually throw an election. That like, goes both it, ways, though. Like, yeah. believing that your neighbors I don't believe, aren't by... I don't believe that my aunt and uncle, as a, as a poll watcher, I mean, as a, as a person poll worker, would have thrown it either way. And I don't believe... Democrats or Republicans that are working at those polls, the majority of them, 
the overwhelming majority of them would have allowed corruption to happen. Are okay? Are we willing All to right. accept as? I mean, I, I just don't well, believe it. They're your, just good people. Get your final saying on this political stuff. They're okay, just good people. Time to move my, on. My question is: Can we accept as a society that a person's opinion of Donald Trump is not informative of whether or not they're a good person? Oh, is that? Yes, I think that's we, a good jumping-off point, and I'm no, extremely concerned about the number. I'm primarily concerned about the number of people, the percentage of Americans who will not accept that tenet. What? That people can like Donald Trump and still be sweet, nice people. Yeah, yeah or morally good, or vice versa. Yeah, you can't dislike and well, still be so. Just like. I mean, I don't necessarily want to compare it to a cult, but but just like there are great kids that are sucked into cults, right? There's there's no, and even if even if it's not a cult, you can still be hornswoggled by somebody to believe what well, something you can be taken advantage of. Yeah, that people. Well, and are, there's a similar lack of open-mindedness surrounding religion too. The ability yeah. of being able to consider someone else a good person if they don't share your religious beliefs. Right. Right. But yeah, I mean, I have family members that I love that supported Trump. You know, and that doesn't change the fact that I love them and I, they, they're the best cook in the world. I mean, you know, that's why. But you're not in danger of finding them morally suspect the way that you would potentially a stranger because you already know them. No, I'm okay with strangers. Hell, I see them in here every day and they talk to me and they sit down with me, you know, conservatives, liberals and and whoever, you know, okay. and we have conversations. So it's you, not Yeah, that you have the benefit of being able to essentially break bread with people of different every, political persuasions. Yeah, especially that around goes here. a long way, and, and it's and, and rarer the, uh, and rarer. And that's what people need to understand. Breaking bread? So <laughs> with the election, yes. it is breaking bread. It's powerful. No, breaking bread oh. as like a pun. That's funny. If you were, yeah. Don't break bread. Right? If you were <laughs> going to do like a Joe Rogan-esque kind of podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, oh yeah. my God, I don't want to be Joe Rogan. All right, let's move uh, on. Wait, to wait, the next wait, 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 oh, okay. wait. Let me say one more thing. Uh, Just remember that the people working these polls are, were your family members, your friends, your just, just the people from your community. If do you really think if you were working the polls, you let a conspiracy get through? Like just yeah. some some random person come in there and try to work on the machines? Are you kidding? I tell you, in Indiana, there's some old ladies in there watching you like a hawk. I mean, you couldn't if you had scratched her ass, they would have been on you like white on rice. I mm-hmm. mean, and they were of all makes and models, right? Mm-hmm. And but they all were all over the business. So I think that's a good place to start. Just start. It, would your community do that? Like, just the average people you know in the community about every strike? Probably not. Yeah, like, put, a, like, put a face yeah. to the people that yeah. you're accusing of this being is in not league some, with something insidious. Yeah, shadow organization. Yeah. Like, this is us, right? That's why when people are always mad at the government, I'm like, it's us. Like, we can fix it. Like, we, we built it. Literally, they just wrote the shit out on paper, and then it was there. <laughs> So, I appreciate you enforcing yep. the structure. I know. I'm sorry. I'm still I'll, I'll be right back. Yeah, you All guys right. are three eight minutes and 30 seconds over. Okay. What are we switching to? Social. The social. The social. So it's got, it can be music. It can be, well, it can be love. It can be hate. It can be whatever. Wait for Joey to get back. So Tom just called. Hmm. Well, that was interesting. 
So, um, what do you want to talk about, Keith? We've been talking. I don't. I don't have a preference. As I say, wait for Joey to get back, then we can have a better. But I don't have a preference. Truth be told, I, I don't. I know this is going to sound terrible, but I don't. I so don't, what is? I don't really give a rat's ass about election fraud or any of that stuff. I know. I know. I, I think the government's full shit anyway. I and, I, and I think if you're not thinking that way anyhow, then you're not paying attention. That's just me. You know. Is like, that because if the government's a reflection of you, you're that, full of shit? So the government's full of shit. Perhaps. <laughs> but that's what I say. Like people say, well, that's like that's what I was going to say earlier. It was the guy that came in last week and had the defund the media T-shirt? That we talked to? Yeah, yeah, the fireman. Yeah, or who, yeah, whatever he was. Yeah, first responder or whatever. And then, but that's why I asked him, like. Was he a first responder? He was a first responder. Or he, either he was or he's a friend of one. Right. But the point was, it's like, well, man, that's all good to wear the shirt and have a laugh. haha. but that's personal accountability. Like, I'm so sick of hearing. It's you, the fourth estate. Have you ever heard that? The fourth estate. The media is supposed to be the fourth estate. It keeps the government in line. In France, like there's the three I states. See, I see, I see. Okay, okay. You know, and that's yeah. where the media and came I, from. I, I guess, and that's all good and fine, but man, I get so sick of people. It's such terrible. Let's turn this. The media, it's like, but you watch it. Let's turn it off. Let's turn it off. Yeah, and, 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 and we didn't get into the idea that all media messages are constructed, they all have power behind them for a reason. They're all trying to get you to do something. You know, mostly by products. But other than that, they're trying to get you to do something. They have a purpose. They're not just like you're sitting in a, you know, in a cocktail bar and you overhear a conversation. Media is directed at you for something. And that's yeah, one of the first rules of media literacy is there's someone behind the media. Well, so sales. we have that information. <laughs> the phenomenon happens. Someone reports on it. As soon as they report on it, it's being mediated through their lenses. And then when the editor looks at it, it's been mediated through their lenses. Then when the producer looks at it, it's mediated through their lenses. And then what's projected it out from the news agency or from the magazine or whatever, it's, it's been mediated multiple times for a purpose it's super, or for multiple purposes. Super highly constructed mediated bullshit. Right. Now. So it's like a stage play. What like, do you yeah. want to talk about now? Oh, you, I thought you, you were already talking about social stuff. No, no, no. We were just... Again, talk. He was talking about how he doesn't give a shit about about um, the government. <laughs> hmm. So, um, so don't worry about the government. Yeah, I just don't the care. The government's gonna worry about you. Uh, no, yeah, I mean. So what? What? Um, what do we want to talk about social-wise? Oh, social. What do you want to talk about? Uh, Good food. Talking about socialism. Good wine. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what social. W- so anybody that likes a Pinot Noir, a really. Mm-hmm. Inexpensive Pinot Noir, 39 39 So, okay, all right. It's well, a good then I inexpensive saw, Pinot Noir. I saw a thing the other day that said millennials are killing beer. But How so? I, I There's I feel beer like everywhere. They got saying. more different I feel like millennials now. are like the first generation to actually make beer really relevant what's to people. The most, what's the most popular alcoholic drink right now? You think it's liquor, beer, or wine? It varies by country. Well, here, like in the States. Beer. Beer? Yeah. You think it's more, it's definitely swinging by more. By volume. By craft beer, right? <laughs> well, Versus yeah. like regular beer. Um, yeah, yeah, it's got to be. Um, okay. Uh, What's your favorite? You guys drink a lot more than I do. so I drink IPAs a lot usually. No, I mean beer, wine, liquor, beer. Oh, 
It depends on circumstance, but I'm not a big wine fan. Oh, really? Yeah. Why is why do I people drink wine when I was little? Why do people sit around and like um like you talk you ever to had pe- Drambouille? I haven't had that. I don't know. I've never had it or I haven't had it in a long time. Ooh. It's delicious. Why does it seem more acceptable for people to tell drinking stories and be funny than it does seem acceptable for people to tell drug stories and be funny? I don't think that's true. I think it just depends on the crowd. It's they're relevant to the people who engage in the activity and there's a, a larger percentage of people who consume alcohol. Yeah, it's good. Hello. Yeah. Fast Times at Ridgemont High is one is is one drug story. Yeah, I think because it's more... <laughs> it's funny as hell. Because it's a smaller segment of the population, though, you get more, like, um, like cachet, more clout, more positive reinforcement, more, like, interest, more edginess. The, like, for example, with, like, you know, weed high, you know, baked stories than you do, like, alcohol, drunk, buzz stories. Sure. And I think some of that cultural cachet is actually, with the normalization of it, is actually disappearing. I don't know. It's like, okay, let's put it like this. <laughs> let me, let me, let me give you some of, some some examples. Floating, I think we found a topic floating in the, oh in, in the corner of my mind. Oh well, this God! Is, this and is we a found moving a topic. topic in the corner of his so, mind. So let's say, <laughs> let's say That's you, not you, good. Get, you get drunk. Something happens. You get drunk. You get into shenanigans, and you're, then the later you say, oh, well, I was drunk, and I got into these shenanigans. And you say you're someone says, well, well, geez, how'd your wife take that? Oh, boy, well, she was really sore. But after a couple of days, you know, we got over it. And then everyone's like, ah, ha, 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 that's so funny. Uh, uh, you know, you were so drunk, ha, ha. Okay, so that's one. Then there's another one, too. Like, for example, me. Uh, I go into I'm not a, sure I understood the last one, but go okay, ahead. Just follow me here. I go into a grocery store once. I'm I'm high as a kite, and I misread the label on a milk box as lactate, and I think it's breast milk for adults, but it ended up being lactate, which is a lactose-free milk. Right. Yeah. So I was very distraught. I mean, I drank it, but I was hoping for like really fine breast milk, and that's <laughs> and that's funny because I was high and I misread it. Right. Ah, oh, Keith, you're so hot. Okay, right. Yeah, you were just looking for breast milk. That's but then just, that's interesting. In well, that's part of the joke. Oh, it's a joke. No, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> then but you never hear someone tell a story like, "Oh man, I got paid this weekend, and I went and got a I went and got an eight ball, and I got so coked out and so paranoid that this 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 and this and da 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 and blah blah and all these terrible scenarios like you know like um. Like, yeah, like you robbed I, the liquor I, store. Yeah, like I you... heard voices talking to me and I went and did this. Or, oh, man, well, yeah. what'd your wife think about that? Oh, well, she left me and then she took the kids and now I've lost my house and this thing. No one's ever like, ha, 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 man, that's so funny. You were so coked out. Well, people usually don't tell drinking stories where they're just drinking by themselves either. <laughs> they usually have to be amongst or interacting with other people, even and if it's a, kind of a solo there are drinking stories as bad as that story you just said. Sure, sure. But then again, now now let me give you another example. Then yeah. there's, there's no one that sits around like, oh, dude. I just got a gram of smack and shot up and then I kind of sort of OD'd and then I got revived and oh well man how'd your wife respond to that oh man well that was really bad but you don't hear people I think if it was more socially acceptable then people would that's because it's not socially acceptable okay yeah that's all I have to ask I thought it was a joke now there's no damn joke why isn't it more socially acceptable I don't know I'm not asking for people to, to use intravenous drugs and be socially acceptable and that's not what I'm saying 
I was more just trying to play on the idea that good good natured drinking stories seem much more acceptable than yeah, those. Yeah, you're right. Well, you're right. but and that's I think that's a direct line just because it's legal. Dark and dreary. Yeah, it's legal. Mm. It's one of the few things we can do. Let her do something stupid, and you can blame it on something else. And ooh, dude, Virginia went totally legal. You think it'll ever happen in North Carolina? Really? Yep. Yeah. As of Fourth so of July. So I think North Carolina has medical marijuana. No, like they're it's been pushed, passed. It's been mm-hmm. passed by one House. part of the state legislature. Yeah, one. one and of it's the in committee. Otherwise, I think. Okay, we can move on to a different social topic. I was just no, no. To this is po- oh well. I did just re- well. I as think of, North Carolina would love the revenue. As of 2018, craft beers represented 25 percent of the total consumption in the country. Also, I did look at it, and if you look at the most popular beers by state overall, Budweiser absolutely dominates the Midwest and South. But then, starting with North Carolina and moving northward it's i think corona in texas and california are corona interesting um well there's breweries everywhere here now yeah short ways in newport there's uh atlantic beach i saw the short wave truck crystal coast brew do you think that's good I mean, it's small business. Uh, until they get bought up by the majors, that's small businesses yeah, that like are hopefully it's kind employing of a small business. local people. So, yeah, so beer, uh, the beer industry, beer consumption is a very good example of power being taken away from large corporate structures and provided to smaller entities, yeah. resulting in a diversification of products and probably more loyalty. Um, and ultimately more enjoyment to, like, you know, individuals, individual populations, well, communities. I thought beer was supposed like to be, like, for the everyman anyway. That well, was like plus the it also gives, it also creates a cultural space, right? Because most breweries have food and they have really cool buildings and people go see the buildings where their favorite craft brew is beer, I mean, brewed. Yeah. So, yeah, conceptually, then, you also have... It, it does seems something like it for sh- the community, too. It should be more ecologically friendly, too, because I you agree. have less transportation and the the environmental costs uh, yes. are going to be priced into the product more directly. That's and true, so which is what the problem with environmental costs, that if the price has gotten away without having that in there. That's why capitalism doesn't work on that particular issue, because the environmental cost is so far in the future, it can't be calculated in the price. Mm. Ooh, and Otherwise, concerned. it would work as a moral system, because it would it would absorb all the prices of the consequences in the future. Beer also uses a lot of water. But then again, and we just, wouldn't be, just we wouldn't have gas-powered co- cars and now anyway. Speaking of marijuana, people are uh, continuously concerned about the exact opposite occurring with that, which is they are waiting for, with legalization, for all of the the local independents, the local producers that are closer to the actual population and beholden to and representative of the areas from which they emerge being swallowed up by huge corporate interests once it becomes normalized. Here's so marijuana going in one direction and beer and potentially spirits actually going in the opposite wine i guess is more unique because of the you have fewer places where you can actually produce it and wine culture has always had this really strong like appreciation for literally the place and the environment in which it was grown like wine Mm -hmm. tours and Mm -hmm. stuff like that but here's here's the other thing about you know when they were the colonies they only drank wine 
Yeah. They drank well, a, what was the name of the wine? Mar. It's made on an island. Spirits were not commonly consumed or had anywhere prior to like the 16th century. Like they actually in in that like mead, period, right? in that would be like beer, yeah, right. but okay. from honey. Yeah. So, but up until like the 1400s, 1400s, 1500s, um, there really weren't. In really, like the history of the world, spirits hadn't been consumed. And then the distillation technology and the sources that were distilled became, they popped up everywhere, almost independently. Mm. Like the, um, the distillation of tequila by the Spanish in the New World, the distillation of sugarcane into rum, um, the Madeira. distillation. Madeira is the name of the wine that everybody drank. Okay, the the distillation of whiskey, the distillation of what was called like aqua vitae in on the European continent. Um, I guess from maybe from grapes, but all those things really all popped up in independent geographic locations, probably with some overlap as far as the understanding of like how to do it and why to do it. And the monks did a lot of it. Yeah, in in yeah Europe. They financed the monasteries. Fourteenth. 15th century though and it didn't prior to that it was you know mead grog, people are going to hate beer, me but it's a great wine. way to promote miracles hmm, interesting <laughs> yeah, that's a good point <laughs> well, but here's i tell you here's the thing about, well, about yeah the independence of the the body's impact on the mind in perception as far as there being like uh dismissing the mind body dichotomy is i mean really really good evidence of that is the fact that you can consume something put something in your body that then alters your mental state descartes loves that yeah i think that that absolutely like kills the like the mental independence of the body well Sorry. so okay so with the but with the i mer- don't know because the body has to process that to create the illusion in your mind to send the spirit to your mind well, exactly. No, what I'm saying is, is that if you can make an alterate, if you can do something to your body or consume something that you know is physical and specifically involving your body, and then your mental state changes in a way that seems significant to like your your thinking process, right? What you would define as like the separate faculty of mind, then it means that your body does inform and potentially control your mind. Yes. So yes. it erases so you were the saying dichotomy. The opposite. Yeah. 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 I agree. So the, the thing, though, about if there ever was a legal, like a completely, totally legal marijuana thing, if they don't do it soon, then the market will, as it is now, being increasingly flooded with synthetics and alternatives, hmm. which are nine times out of ten more harmful. So that's, yeah, one, that's one thing. I've heard some bad things the, about the, the second thing is, is that they would then have to find a way to rein in and be very specific in the product because now... You have, um, you know, combustible or smokable drug. Yeah, system of a down. We're going to eventually get sued by some of these people. Jack yeah. White, system of a down. Perry Farrell, there was Jane's Addiction last week. I noticed that yeah. listening to it, yeah. 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 Eventually someone's going to call us out and sue me, but that's okay. Um, no news is good news, right? Or bad news is good news. Um, but anyway, um, the thing about all that, though, is that we don't make any money. Uh, now you have you have dabs, you have liquid stuff, you have mm-hmm. all the things that the kids get into that theoretically there is more potency 
like they're stronger. So it's it it is I think creating a legitimate concern for dependency at this point. I think that's something that has to be discussed. And then um, you're turning a lot of people into, uh, unfortunately, and this is the truth. I mean, it happens to the best of us. Man, you smoke enough of that shit, you just turn into a dope. Hmm. Maybe yeah. not forever, but temporarily. A lot of people who are okay, totally okay with the legalization of marijuana would still say that they don't advocate for regular or widespread use because of its effect on people's, I guess, like their cognition motivation. and their, yeah, mm-hmm. motivation. Yeah, motivation, so. memory, just thought process in general. I mean, man, I've seen some poor people get some real heady shit and that just shuts them down. And it's not that they're dangerous or anything. It's just that they just can't, they can't, you know, it's just too much in the head. Mm. Or like then you get like the real body stuff. And then that just puts people out, puts them in comas. And then, yeah, your motivation is that. But the thing is, like, I know. So, okay. So when we were in Ohio to see my mom and the neighbor guy has helped out a lot. He's a young man. He's a little younger than me. Uh, but he's he helped out a lot. He helped her clean her gutters and do some yard work because she's immobile, this kind of thing. So I offered to buy the guy a drink, like a bottle of whiskey or a case of beer, like whatever. And I said, hey, mate. And he said, no, no, no. So not just a drink, an actual. Yeah, I man, I'm trying yeah, to be nice. You know, be, be thankful. Yeah. And the guy said, no, man, uh, during the pandemic, I was putting away a bottle of vodka a day. So I'm, I'm trying to trying to lay out. He said, but I've been. I've been using, uh, I've been, and this is so weird to like use, just the terminology with things creeps me out sometimes. He said, yeah, I've been using Kratom. Have you ever tried that? Well, no, I haven't. But I'm under the understanding that Kratom is like a, like a poor man's heroin. Like it it gives you the same, the same effect. Wait, it's not advertised on like the front of like buildings, like smoke shops and stuff like that. But uh, I've been told by people who have used it that it constipates them. Do you smoke it? Yep constipates them or you can mix it into stuff i knew one guy said he mixed it in with his coffee people say it makes things slow down for them constipates them gives them itches um and then leaves them with a feeling of emptiness desire for more and then and some people and and some people depression that means it 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 triggers dopamine sure right you want more of it it triggers dopamine so so this is uh and and heroin happens to constipate you give you itches Make you feel euphoric, uh, leave you wanting more, make you feel depressed at some at, at a certain point. And and then I had another friend tell me that they had tried it for a while and then stopped, and they got um, they got sick, so they had withdrawal. Hmm. Okay, so that's kratom. So that's totally legal. You can get that at the gas shop. Yeah. So. I told this kid, no, I'd never really gotten into all that. And then he started going off on this. Well, have you tried the Delta 8 THC or the Delta 9 THC? Dude, anything that you consume that has numbers in the name of it, I'm a little it's suspicious of. Suspect, right? It yeah. has a very artificial feeling to it. So yeah. so that really kind of tripped me out. And I'm thinking like, all right, well, this is, hey, by the way, quick, just while we're, while we're here and I can hear it, just for the listening audience. And I want to be really firm in my statement here. Kings of Leon, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. They fucking suck. Hey. Anyway. Uh, hey, so, hey, hey, hey. So, um, but, but, so then he was asking me about that. So then if you've got these variants, these lab-made, lab-tested variants of things, of a naturally occurring mm, plant, by tested, the way. Tested is an interesting. Right. 
yeah. then, but yeah. they can't they can't tell you exactly. There's some high mice running around. How it's going to yeah. affect yeah. you, or or what exactly? Smoking or these, cigars and so <laughs> if, poker. if they're trying to if they're trying to find ways to play on and get around the system yeah. with legal marijuana and all that. Then that's, that's it. Just be better to legalize marijuana exactly. We know what it does. We know all that stuff, and we yeah, we need that market mm, too. Dubious and suspect at best. But the legality of we it though has created in instances where it's legal. It's like you were referencing. It's created sort of an arms race of stronger and stronger and stronger, and even like differently strong product that right. could make it something other than what oh it will you know long experiences told us it is. So there's a yeah, I'm not going to call it necessarily a danger, but there's and not that I'm not that I'm in the dealing game anymore because well, I well I mean, that's I, why states are going to try to regulate it because right. they don't want it to just go out of control, right? You know, well, well and, and and there's a bunch of things we regulate. We don't allow people to propagate, you know, man-eating uh, vines. Well, so. Like, so here's here's how it is in North Carolina right now. I, I happen to know this. Uh, so the big fly traps. Have you seen them? <laughs> you can oh, like rainforest. You, you can you can legally them, carry. Yeah, they could make a fly trap that could eat a human. You can I legally bet. carry up to a Just half ounce. Drafting. I don't I don't think they'll confiscate it. I think you get a ticket, or they will confiscate it. And you get in a Virginia, no, yeah, in, in North it would Carolina. Be strange if they let you keep it. You can, you can carry a half ounce. And as long as you don't have more than a half ounce, I think they confiscate broken it, and you and, and you get a ticket. Right. Uh, yeah, you can't have it in separate baggies because right. that's intent to distribute and sell. Right. Yeah, stuff like that. Right. Um, so there's that. But then you have the the prevalence of CBD. Damon Albarn will absolutely sue us. What? He seems cool. No, man. When he was in Blur, he was a real chode. Huh. Um, that's what I heard. I don't know. That's true. Sorry, Damon. Anyway, um, <laughs> but. But, but you just come alive. But the the thing <laughs> but the thing with the CBD market now is is that now you have fraudulent activity in the black market, which makes the black market more dangerous. Because I do happen to know people, new people, who absolutely would fucking pull a gun on someone and go after somebody for serious over a couple bucks worth of pot. Mm-hmm. You know well, yeah, that's the whole point of the like the black market. That's the whole is point it's, of the it's open to. So illegal recourse. It necessitates illegal recourse right. so because if, if it you're, is if you're underneath the like the authority that would normally enforce rules and regulations. Sure. So if you're passing off hemp in place of cannab- uh, cannabis, sensimia, and that's not something that's e- easily distinguishable from visibility, they're mm-hmm. the same fucking thing. Then you get into more danger in the black market, which would again be another argument for we'll just legalize it. And then you yeah, take the black market straight out. Reduce organ, you reduce violence, you reduce right. any kind of organized crime elements. Or sure, profiting off of and people's then you can ta- consumption. You're tax the shit out of it anyway. But but what I worry about though is for younger cultures, the marketing of younger cultures, and the fact that there's such a diversified product that the that the that the legitimate potential for dependence like even in a similar way of like nicotine just like smoking you gotta you gotta you gotta have some regulation it can't be a complete free-for-all it's unavoidable that if you legalize something kids underneath 18 doing it i mean they're gonna do things like that i would imagine it's going to make it easier for people under 18 to get it though if you legalize something inevitably it's easy despite what they say about like oh it's easier for kids under whatever age to get drugs than it is to get alcohol or whatever that's just that's i think that talking point is is certifiably false because 
it's inevitable. If you legalize something that's illegal, you're going to increase access to it. You're going to increase use of it. And you're going to project a sense of like social acceptance and moral acceptance of it. Maybe. The, no, people the, uptight. Yeah. Well, what is, okay. Um, if you shift the conversation over to hallucinogens and Ooh. you have current trials going on right now yeah. for treating actual PTSD. debilitating yeah. psychiatric yeah. conditions. It's amazing, yeah. Using them. And, and so, it's not just hallucinogens, it's MDMA and... Well, I would, yeah. yeah any um, Ecstasy, baby. <laughs> well, a psychoactive isn't really a very good term either because right. you could classify any pretty much anything as being psychoactive yeah um i don't know are, are, i think are fair okay i'll yeah. give up like the terminology to people who know more and I mean, more dude, invested you, in you, it but if you have enough lsd or, or uh psilocybin psilocin you're gonna see something but the reason why i'm, I'm bringing that up is to shift from well rather than accepting that people are going to do this in pursuit of pleasure in trying to manage the negative consequences you think about it from the position of what are the positive consequences yeah take take away the hedonistic values of it yeah yeah and use it solely for beneficial scientific purposes again people are entitled to pursue their pleasures but most people would consider it to be morally suspect for you to pursue them to an extent that disregards your welfare the welfare of others or that is ultimately yeah like you said hedonistic rather than um, and uh, allowable amount of consumption or a moderate amount of consumption. But in that case, if you have something in a medical context that can legitimately help people, then what are the implications of that? Because that doesn't necessarily mean that it should be available for general recreational use either. Mm-hmm. And that... I have ex- I expected that to be more a larger point of contention when it came to marijuana shifting from being medically legal to being generally legal because there is a vocal group of people who say that it should be used and thought of as medicine and that the recreational movement actually undermines the legitimate and positive productive use of it as medicine. And I would see something I would expect to see something similar with like psilocybin for example, but I did run I'm into not sure lot, we're going to. I did run into a lot of people on the West Coast that whenever they would get high, they'd say, man, we're going to use our medicine. I'm like, whatever. You're getting stoned. You're not using this as medicine. Well, are you? Yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that dismissive, though? I don't or know. Or you Pro- think they were being facetious? I, I think they were using that as like their make it, make it okay code, you know? Yeah. Um, well, it depends on every everything has a place, you know, and if you're... You know, sitting at your desk doing your job, probably not the best to be. I would say blazed, but uh, when you're sitting there watching TV, playing Fortnite with a middle schooler that you're really mad at. I will say, well, if you can have need a little, I did did just think of one other topic, but but I I do want to carry on with this really quickly. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I did think of another topic. I was cutting Brad off. No, um, (laughs) if well, the idea of take of taking a trip is that it's supposed to be mind opening and it's supposed to shock you out of like current systems of thinking that are destructive or that are harming the the quality of your life it does and and it's a pretty you can do it in a very compartmentalized kind of finite way yeah and responsibly 
Well, um, and that's why they say if, if you're going to do it clinically, it's good to have somebody there that knows what's going which on. Which was going to bring me to my... And they microdose it, and they don't do... And sometimes they'll do a regular dose, but then they, you're supervised during the dose. You have... There's a downtime afterwards, and then you're debriefed before you even leave the premises. Right. So you're not just running around so, after you've had a life-changing experience and realize, oh my God, I need to switch jobs right. or whatever. I, I've, hmm. I've, I've heard yeah. a story that at what, the original Woodstock, that they had a tent set up for all the people who were tripping too hard. Yeah, And yeah. so they'd go in and someone would sit with them, help yeah. them through their trip. And then when they were done, they would tell those people, okay, I'm going to go party now. You're going to sit here and you're going to talk the next person through it. Because they were trying to yeah. cultivate community and compassion. So I think, I will say, my last comment on this topic would be, if we had more people tripping and more people helping people through the trip, that probably would actually create a greater sense of compassion and community. So if you listen to, I'm sure you have, but in the Woodstock soundtrack, they're like, don't take the brown acid. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> hmm. So with that, my other over my, the loudspeaker. Yeah. The other topic that I just, I just something like that. that I just thought of that I read in the news sometime earlier in the week, and I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to go take a leap, and then I'll come back. But um, what do you guys think about Joe Rogan being the original proponent of cancel culture, of of mass media cancel culture, because he was the one originally, very very first, many many years ago, that got Carlos Mencia, quote unquote canceled because he called Carlos Mencia out in public who because another comedian yeah. who was allegedly taking other comedians jokes and yeah. using them and Rogan called him out and then he kind of went after him for a while and it pretty much ruined Mencia's career see I don't and now I Joe Rogan is like pretty much unassailable untouchable I wouldn't put that under the category of cancel culture though. I'm not I'm not saying that it should, I'm just that's what I'm saying like what do you guys think about it I shall return yeah, I think it's fine. If I mean, that's the prerogative of comedians to condemn comedians who are stealing other comedians' jokes. What do you... How about the... Uh, At the same time, though, like, I mean, view it like doing covers in music or, I don't know, maybe even like artificial enhancement in sports that it should just be a challenge to like do and be better if somebody's going to take somebody else's material then my question would be like how funny can they make it or what can they do with it the same way that somebody would be in like covering a song i mean it doesn't have to be a secret that they took it from somebody else right it's well, going to naturally be disgusting though if they're if you know that they're effectively like lying to you when they're doing it because you know that they're projecting it as being theirs. Mm -hmm. But again, that would balance out. People would be disgusted by that. They would think that's reprehensible. And so they would dismiss it. They wouldn't be able to respond positively to it. Whereas if the person was being honest about it and they were just using it towards something or they were using it in a funny way, I feel like people would be totally accepting of that. They would just judge it on its merits. And we've talked a lot about cancel culture, so not, let's not talk about cancel culture right now. We skip okay. a few weeks before we talk about that shit again. Because <laughs> literally, we talk about it over and over and over again. Do we? Mm, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Because well, it's so I annoying. Just got, I just got canceled, so let's move on. No, I like the nuance of what you said, though. The fact <laughs> that it was, it was a comedian doing it to another comedian on the basis of something they were doing in relation to comedy. Right. Rather than the 
political, political or social right. opinions or the actions of that person unrelated to the occupation that they were being canceled from. Now, who, now wasn't it now, – now, this also happened to another comedian too recently. This was a couple of years ago. This is just something I just thought about. It was either Dane Cook – or another big guy who also... It was about stealing jokes. It was probably Dane Cook because he gets flagged for that a lot. Got accused of stealing jokes. But that actually became almost like a... It didn't affect him, did it? No, well, it did did for a while because you don't hear from it. But then then I think he kind of like accepted it, you know, like, like admitted it. But then people, then he was a part of it. He kind of became part of the joke because then people would do things with him. And then he would be, I think uh, him Speaking and of cancel culture, he was actually on Louis C.K.'s show. Yeah, and they yeah. were making jokes about uh, him stealing about people's him. jokes that's, and that's then having disagreements about yeah. it. Yeah, and, prob- and probably after that, Louis C.K. showed Dane Cook his penis. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> you want to see something funny? <laughs> I know. Okay. Yeah, that's not that funny. What, a, what other social thing we want to talk about well, before we, can move, we move in we, randomness? Well, we, so we did political. We did some social. What now? What do you want to talk about? Randomness. Wait, no. What was the other category? Wasn't there another category? Randomness. There's any category you want. It's randomness. So we just can just bring up whatever you want. Oh, I thought the randomness thing was actually literally talking about like the concept of randomness. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. That doesn't sound like a good topic. Okay. People overestimate their ability to predict things and understand things. Oh. That would be my just only comment about randomness. Yeah, that's the the class one fallacy that you see a pattern that's not there. People, yeah. we're we're overlaying patterns on shit all the time that aren't really there. Also, right. if you ask somebody that's to premonition. create something yeah. random, they'll generally com- create something that's evenly distributed. Yeah, like yeah. they think that non-random is everything being the same. Random is everything being equally different. So if you ask somebody to put like points on like some kind of surface, right? That are random, they'll generally put them about the same distance away from each other. It's so, very, so very pattern based. something novel? Like, have you done anything novel this week that you haven't done before? Mm. Did you try a new food? Have you drunk a new beer? Have you... Uh, I have a Kindle now. Oh. I didn't have a Kindle previously. So what do you think I'm getting it? used to it. Kindle's um, the electric book tablet yeah, thing? Yeah. yeah, I like the fact that it doesn't like shoot... Later. I like the fact that it doesn't shoot light into your face yes. as a screen, but it's not like, you know, backlit in a way. And then it was a uh, birthday gift for my fiance, an early one that she was very excited to give me. Oh, yeah, your um, birthday's coming up, right? Yeah, it's in two days. Oh. I guess that's kind of novel despite being highly regular. Happy early um, birthday. Yes, Thanks. Happy early birthday. Um, but so yeah, I, I, I like definitely the won't be getting you a Kindle. Okay, so please I'm going to take that off the list. Okay. So I, I like the fact that you can manipulate it with one hand because I like taking right. notes while I'm reading and mm. holding a book open is kind of oppositional to note taking because I don't like taking notes within books despite the look of annotations because I think that it um, it confines the interpretation in a way. I would rather take notes independently because you can also be freer and more graphical. Okay. Too. I was going to ask you if you use the annotation feature. Um, in the Kindle, yeah, I have not yet. The thing that okay, and you can so download that into your Evernote or whatever. I don't. It seems very constrained. It seems like the most that you can do for annotating is to highlight and then basically type the equivalent of a text message to yourself within the thing. Right. Whereas if I'm okay, if 
instead of highlighting two words, I would rather write down the two words in a specific way and put them in like a geometric relationship to each other okay. and maybe do something like graphical with it because it, it's more fun, first of all. It's a mind map. And too. then, yeah, exactly. I actually have like a, a unique physical representation that it creates a like mnemonic you know, right. touchstone. I, I write in the margins of all my books. I, do I think that's it, fine. It pisses, fine. It pisses, real, uh, you know, some, like one of my friends was a, a newspaper editor and it just drove me, you're writing in your book, my yeah. God. I'll make it's like blasphemy. Yeah, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with it in principle. I so just feel like it doesn't serve my purpose wait, wait, as well. Before I forget, let me tell you what I use my Kindle for. When I eat alone, I bring my Kindle with me to a restaurant and because mm. it doesn't matter what the lighting is in the restaurant, and it doesn't wow. blast up in my face like what you're saying, so it's yeah. just laying on the table, and I can read, and people will not bother me. Like if I sit at the bar, if you sit at the bar, people start talking to you. I can't stand that. So I'd rather just read my Kindle and then have a nice dinner. People are like, oh, you're all alone. You need some company? I'm like, no. Right. <laughs> I'm reading Agatha Christie. I have yeah. all the company I need. Yeah, yeah. No, normally it's a science fiction, but. And then there uh, were none. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then there were none. And then there were none. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but that's what I use it for, and I love it. And I've, I've sat on, like, four of them because they fit right in your back pocket. You can't sit on them like you can a cell phone. Mm. Oh, they'll break. Because they'll crack. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't really put mine, mine through a lot right of rigor yet. Yeah, really? Like your bike seat. But you're using it? You're Probably. liking it so far? Uh, I am. It's taking some getting used to. Like I said, I like the note-taking. I need to – I have a meager library on it right now, so I'm kind of – trying to like find a good home between formats because mm. I also do audiobooks and I have a lot of physical books so yeah I don't I, I'm finding that I'm I'm having trouble being excited okay it's almost like an uh, like a generic or an unwrapped candy in getting excited about it um, it doesn't have like like the cover of a book would have like the bright colors and stuff like that whereas this is more like plain grayscale and but that really shouldn't make a difference with being excited about reading something but it doesn't i'm not getting pulled into it like the superficially cover doesn't I'm, I'm it s- makes it harder to remember the books because the covers are black and white unless you're kindle's color the covers i'm are saying black it, and it white. doesn't pull me in as much because it's not like i c- just compared it to a candy wrapper oh so, yeah 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 I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm I can't remember them as well. Like my Kindle books, I have to have a list of them. Otherwise, I'm, I'm almost I'll surprised in a way because I would think you would be entranced in, in the respect of exploring a new technology to reinvent. No, because it's so simple. A, a, a tactile thing that you enjoy. Yeah, the, the tech component of it, I really like the, the fact, like I said, that it doesn't shine a light in your face. The fact that it looks, the writing is extremely legible, and it it res- it's the same way in all environments. I like the dictionary. I like the <laughs> highlighting of it. But as far as the interface is concerned, and navigating it, it's very unsmooth. Hmm. Like because of the paper white quality, Look at the size it looks. Of my- <laughs> wow, <laughs> it it looks like an original Game Boy almost in a way. Like the shadowy quality of it. Yeah. And Actually, then, it does. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I never thought of that. Um, so I'm trying to think of it as almost like a like a withered technology thing to make it like make it more attractive, like add a, a nostalgia component. But the the lack of color and kind of the the slowness and the fact that I'm still getting used to the interface has left me. I wouldn't say disappointed, but it's been 
hard. It's What's been difficult rather it? than rewarding. I just feel like it, it lags a little bit. Lags like in in the the touch technology. Uh, <laughs> nice. I'm gonna do some research on that group for you. Okay, on the on the cult or on the uh, cult's a strong word. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What are they called? They're just Falun, they're, Falun Gong. They're briefly discussing the Falun Gong, which may have been a topic today, but Brad doesn't know enough. We'll discuss it later. We'll come back to it. What was your novel thing this week? Since you asked, I am beginning. Adam Grant's. Oh, not this one. Shit, I lost my book. And let's see. Just for a laugh. I don't know what I'm beginning. It's Adam's Grant. Uh, did I leave it somewhere? Huh. So they're a religious group. Yeah. Oh. Isn't everybody? Oh. Okay. In this case, we're using novel as an adjective. So the, uh, the standard translation is Dharma wheel practice. So I guess they're Buddhists? Could be Hindi, but yeah, Dharma wheel seems like Buddhism. I what, read, what group uh, is this again? The Falun Gong. Falun Gong. Um, hmm. I've actually been reading a lot about Buddhism recently. And did you know that uh, Buddhism in China... Um, took a very different direction than the like the Mahayana it, it will it um, it fused a lot with uh, Taoism Taoism Lao Tzu you can you can, you can yep. say it either way Tao or Tao okay yeah. it fused a lot with those ideas and there was a lot of synergy between them but at the same time it was a lot less concerned with like philosophical matters and like existential matters and more concerned with like you know practical living mm -hmm. kind of things mm -hmm. and much more atheistic too right there's other there's other sects that are concerned way more about uh sazen which is the sitting meditation right versus like cones right. which, are, which are the riddles um like you say philosophic thought versus practical your, thought yeah well, Falun Gong uh, emerged my, uh, my dogs broke it emerged towards the end of china's Kaigong, Qigong, boom, a period that saw a proliferation of similar practices of meditation, slow-moving energy exercises, and regulated breathing. Falun Gong combines meditation and qi cultivation exercises with a moral philosophy. The practice emphasizes morality and the cultivation of virtue and identifies as a practice of the Buddhist school, though its teachings also incorporate elements drawn from Taoist or Taoist traditions. Through moral rectitude and practice of meditation, practitioners of Falun Gong aspire to eliminate attachments and ultimately to achieve spiritual enlightenment. See, to me, that just sounds like Chinese Buddhism, based on what I understand. It, it, it is more, to my understanding, it, it is more. So why were they thrown out of China? The practice initially enjoyed support from Chinese officialdom, but by mid to late 1990s, the government of China increasingly viewed Falun Gong as a potential threat due to its size, independence from the state, and spiritual teachings. Yeah. The same reason any communist country would be naturally opposed to religion. Well, I think Chinese is it represents are, an authority like Marx. Marxism is atheistic by definition, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, Chinese communists, I think, are pretty much against Buddhism in any way, Whoa. shape, form, or fashion. Anyhow, considering they're 
they're openly going after the Dalai Lama, who turned uh, 80-something this week, I think. Well, it's, yeah, and it's fortunate that, um, well, okay, one second. By 1999, government estimates placed the number of Falun Gong practitioners at 70 million. In, even relative to the size of China, I think that qualifies as a pretty major religious movement. During that time, negative coverage of Falun Gong began to appear in the state-run press, and practitioners usually responded by picketing the source involved. Most of the time, the practitioners succeeded, but controversy and tension continued to build. The scale of protests grew until April 1999, when over 10,000 Falun Gong practitioners gathered near the central government compound in Beijing to request legal recognition and freedom from state interference. This demonstration is widely seen as catalyzing the persecution that followed. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, nationwide, uh, July 1999, nationwide crackdown propaganda campaign, uh, blocking of internet access, widespread human rights abuses, hundreds of thousands subjected to forced labor, psychiatric abuse, torture, coercive methods of thought reform. Um, at least by 2009, at least 2,000 had been estimated to be killed by, have been killed by the Chinese government. Um, well, there you go. Do, 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 sounds do. sounds um, like a hot topic. <laughs> Yeah, but we'll, let's discuss it next time. Well, so what was the book that you that you what was your novel experience about the novel that you started? Say it again, because we we went by it so quick because we were reading it's about Adam's the Adams Grant's book, but I can't remember the name of it. Like, how do you know you're right? How do you know you're right, or something like that? And it's a new novel that you've had a novel a experience novel. with. No, it's not. Oh, it's I need a novel. Well, you, How do you know you, it's But not you a said novel. you asked us if we'd had any novel. Exp- what was our latest uh, novel? He's playing experience? on your use of the term novel. Oh, yeah, and I said we're does. using novel as an adjective. I'm, I don't think I'm reading a novel right now. As in I something see, it, that you that you do in a new or an or unusual way. Mm-hmm. I finished the fourth book in the Stormlight series from Brandon Sanderson, and I haven't picked up a new novel. I do have a series that I'm listening to on Audible. Oh, look, we showed up on the phone. Oh, yeah, cool. We keep forgetting to take pictures. Sweet. Um, well, we, I stopped taking pictures when Joey expressed his his ire against them. I didn't want to force him through it. Oh. oh. Try, yeah. Trying to be respectful of you, Spaceman. Oh, I feel like I... I present my objections to things. Well, here's my novel experience for the week. I went to a local a local card shop and I played magic in public with other people for Yay, the first time. Where ever. was the card shop? Mage's Archive in Hubert. Oh. Okay. I went with Spencer. We got beat pretty pretty good actually. We got our Really? Yeah. There are some magic powerful oh my people God. in Hubert. We, we we played a guy who's a judge and he pulled out this crazy deck with this case and this it was insane. And like then he literally this, a judge, or is this some kind of magic? No, tournament? no, like he's a judge, like like magic tournaments. Oh, oh, okay. And um, he works in the s- school system in Carteret County here, and and nice. uh, dude Good sat down. And he's like, "Yeah, I'll just play one of my casual decks," and it was over in like seven turns. Huh? Yeah. It was, it was, it was disgusting. So let's do some research on that, and we'll talk about it because the Epoch Times is, and their YouTube channel is, pretty controversial with some of the statements that they make, and. There, um, they did some Q stuff, and um, so. But I need to. I don't see how. Yeah, I don't see how that religious mode of thought, other than having a political interest against the Chinese communist government or being anti-communist by virtue of being religious, really like dovetails at all with like far-right politics. I know. 
So see, there's so there, we just don't know the agenda of the Epoch Times, right? Because what is the agenda of this group to get us to attack <laughs> China and run out the commune? I don't know. Yeah, what and is the, and normally that's not a Buddhist thing anyway. No, so. well, Buddhism doesn't even buy into a cult of personality for the yeah. Buddha. So yeah. I mean, what are the chances that they would give a damn about Donald Trump? That's yeah, what I'm that's saying. What I, that's what I'm kind of confused the about. The idea that it's them, that the, the, the benign group that you describe is not the people, it doesn't seem like, that could run this particular paper. Yeah, it said that their three yeah. values are like truth, compassion, and forbearance. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. when I think Donald Trump, I think truth, compassion, and forbearance. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to, it's, we're at over yes. an hour and a half. You want to do your recommendations and call it? You getting hungry? Uh, recommendation, um, The Dialectic of Freedom by Maxine Green. It's a pretty dense book, but it's a book about the way freedom affects the individual the dialectic of freedom Maxine Green she's she's one of the most famous educators that ever lived oh, I, 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 I want to make a joke so bad but I can't yeah. don't pick on Maxine they literally no, used her, to her, prop her up at her podium when she was like 95 years old and she'd give lectures at oh, Columbia wow. oh my God. she's the first female professor tenured professor at Columbia okay. yeah. And she said she had to fight tooth and nail to get oh, that wow. spot. So she oh, was, that was feisty. A, that was another issue yep. this week. The lady from Chapel Hill that wanted tenure and they wouldn't give it to her. So she went to Howard. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, neither, that's neither here nor there. Joey? No, wait. They did eventually give her a tenure. Well, but it took lawsuits yeah, it and public outcry. So, so she didn't accept oh, for it. For the went, 1619 yeah. project? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I need to take a look at that and see how bad. Or now I, hey, haven't, man, uh, I haven't looked at the 1619. Can you turn this Nirvana song off? No. <laughs> Did someone You're, like, say joking that? about them being no, similar? No. Yeah, I just... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, you recommend All the bands that yeah. during that era. It's Nirvana. Yeah. Um, ooh, I'm going to recommend a song. Okay, it came out on Friday. It's uh, by Boz featuring J. Cole and Lil TJ. How do you and spell Boz? J. Cole, the B-A-S, B- I think. Okay. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. B-O-Z. Um, B-A-S. B-A-S? Yeah. Bass, Boz... Bass. All right. Anyway, uh, yeah, J. Cole has the chorus, and it's called The Jackie. And a lot of steel drums, very upbeat, and I like the melody, so I think it's going to be like current, my current nominee for Song of the Summer right now. What's the genre? It's getting pretty big. Rap. Okay. J. Cole is from Vietnam. Oh, it was produced by T-Minus, too. Yeah, he is. North Carolina. J. Cole, yeah. Awesome. He's having a really good year. You. Uh, I'm going to do an album because I'm still reading a book. Um... Uh, Free Jazz by Ornette Coleman. I listened to it for the Yay. first time ever in its entirety this week. Oh. And it was amazing. It's like Free Jazz or that's, Free Jazz? That's the name of the record, Free Jazz. It's double quartet. Is it Freeing Jazz or is it it's both. Yeah. Free Jazz? It's Free Jazz that's freeing. Okay. But un- he was that's like, a jazz statement, he Free Jazz. He was eliminating or he was operating outside of the forms that existed even the liberal definition of right yeah much sooner than even coltrane and others um but this is an interesting what was his last name ornette coleman coleman uh in, very He's interesting one interesting record though so it's a double quartet and they love that they've panned the quartet to either side so there's four guys on one side and four guys on another and then they list in the liner notes who takes the solos so you actually know who's who like it's very distinguishable and 
they it's not noise like there's a form to it and they actually are playing with one another but they're avoiding all of the scales and the modes they're just trying to like chase each other basically and it's actually incredibly harmonious for being so free i guess or like lacking its form and man i gotta tell you even for the for the person who would really dislike jazz or even noisy music or non-comprehensible music it actually makes a lot of sense it's quite harmonious i was taken aback at how harmonious it was and it was very 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 good does and, it make uh, sense when you hear it or does it make sense when you think about it no 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 it does make sense when you hear it okay yeah yeah because like so they'll do like a unison piece and then someone will take a solo and they'll, everyone will lay out so the guy can establish what he's going to do in the solo and then slowly each guy comes in picking off the parts that the other guy is laying down hmm. so they're playing in some harmony and in some rhythm but they're but they're pickpocketing each other's ideas mm-hmm. and it's really interesting and then That's they go to a group piece it. where they all play in unison and then the next guy takes the solo whereas ascension with coltrane is the same way but they disregard everything i don't i don't think i don't even think they're pickpocketing off one another they just have a unison riff and then they go nuts i was laughing the whole way through the morning i listened to it when I took off my headphones, Sam said, what was so funny? And I said, well, I just, I was just really surprised by what I was hearing. It was very cool. Very, yeah. very cool. Good deal. Much more, much more appealing and like, um, it's more uh, like uh, for new people, it's easier for them to get into, I guess. Like it's a good gateway into that stuff because it actually does make sense. Yeah, I'm really surprised you're describing it that way, given who the artist is and what the name of it is. Because because Ornette made some really strange shit. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. That's all I got. All right, guys. Ooh. We love you. Have a good week. Maybe up. maybe next week my finger will be healed. Maybe Keith will have a whole finger. Yeah. Cheers. See you later. Later. <laughs>